Everybody, welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ and Zach. Hey, hey, hey. So today we got Central Division Part 2, Colorado, Minnesota, Arizona, and Chicago. We're continuing our fantasy team previews. Uh, next week we got the Metro. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, if you guys want to find us, we're on the Discord. We're doing Monday mocks every single week. We've added Wednesday mocks that our boy Henry's running, and Continent Man on Discord is running Friday mocks. So we're doing three mocks a week. Uh, you guys can jump in the Discord. A lot of uh, what's that? Thirty-six people a week can get in on mock uh, with real people, not just you know Yahoo that's not even running right now and auto draft and randos and whatever. Um, yeah, so join the Discord. Find us on Twitter. And this week we're gonna try and get one of these mock drafts up on the YouTube so that you guys can watch this one. It's not gonna be on the podcast feed. It's just gonna be a YouTube exclusive type thing. But you know we're doing it anyway, so we might as well make a. Uh, a video out of it. Zach, Matthew Kachuk is not resigning in Calgary. So he say he wants to go. He wants to go. He wanna go. Um he's gonna follow Johnny, maybe not to Columbus, but out of Calgary. Um does Calgary like do they go for Kadri? Is that something that they're interested in, like retooling on the fly such as this? And you know, tough year for Calgary, man. I feel for their fans. They're they're losing two 100-point players. They were on the cusp of like, hey, this is a serious cup contender here. And boom, it's like out of nowhere, you're in rebuild mode. Like it, it almost looks like the direction they're going to have to go. Yeah. I don't know. Like they, the, the owners have said that they want to retool and rebuild on the fly the way that the Rangers did, but not everybody can do that. The Rangers got Panarin. Uh, they got a number one pick in Alexi Lafreniere. They got a number two pick in Capocaco. Not every team can retool and get top three lottery picks at the same time. So I don't know what Calgary's future uh, has in store. There's still Klingberg out on the market. There is still Nazem Kadri on the market. Those two would look good in Calgary and keep them competitive. Klingberg would be awesome there so that he could, you know, slot right into that top power play. Yeah. That would, that would be that would be helpful for them. So listen, we're we're going to lose Matthew Kachuk. We're going to we have already lost Johnny Gaudreau. How much does your opinion of Elias Lindholm drop for next season? There's no way we can spin this for him gaining value. No, not not with losing Johnny Gaudreau, which he was, you know, that whole top line was just tied to the hip. You know, it was Kachuk, Lindholm and and Johnny uh, if you're replacing him with a, a Toffoli, a Mangiapane, uh, you know, it, they're not going to add up. Yeah. It just won't. Um, but at the same time, he's going to, I would imagine, get a lot more shots in his bag. Yeah. I mean, the pie is going to be so much bigger for him. It's just, man, there is just no insulation for him at this point. It'd be good for Mangiapane. It'd be good for Toffoli to be top line guys, but you know, that there's no way you can replace 200 points through Mangiapane and Toffoli. No, but like I said, I mean, Lindholm did have 380 shots last year. There's going to be more. That was, uh, that was total shots attempted, 235 on net. 
Um, if you're moving that up to, you know, 430, 440, you know, and kind of like a Alex Ovechkin range mm. where you're just pepper, pepper that goal, man. You could possibly see him go, you know, even possibly a 50 goal player. Nino Niederreiter signs in Nashville. I think it was two years at four mil per. We already talked about Nashville in our last preview, but um, just a real quick thought. What do you think of Niederreiter? Where does he slot in? You know, is he a top six? Who does he bump out that we previously, you know, before today thought was going to be a top six player? I knew that Carolina wasn't going to be able to retain him, and it is unfortunate. Um, But you have to think that he would slot into that second line. Or at least I would think so. Yeah, it's bad for um, somebody like Tolvanen or Tomasino. I think it's bad for Tomasino. Mm. Because I think Tolvanen has shown that he is very much so a top six forward. So I think Tomasino would get bop- bumped down to that bottom six somewhere. But if it's on a line with, you know, a Zach Sanford and something like that, I think that could still be an interesting line. Like Nashville does have, they do have depth. Yeah. They don't have, you know, other than, you know, Forsberg and Yossi, who we all trust very much so, they don't have any really star stars, but they have a ton of depth. Yeah. It's not like uh, St. Louis level depth, but I, I see what you're saying. There's definitely still that feast or famine. Like the depth needs to start doing stuff other than Tanner Janot. And I think Nita Ryder is going to be good for that. You know, bottom nine, whatever you want to call it. But um, all right, let's get into the previews here, um, starting with Minnesota. Now, as a Flyers fan, I think I might be jumping ship to Minnesota this year. But uh, the big question is going to be what's going on with Kaprizov overview of Minnesota. Fifth in the league, 53, 22 and seven, fifth in goals for 18th on the power play. That's the big question. What is up with Kaprizov? Is he going to get in the country? We saw what happened with Ivan Fedotov, and now, you know, reports are coming out from the Athletic that he tried to come in through Dubai. He tried to come in through, what was it, the the Bahamas or Jamaica or something, and Caribbean islands. After not succeeding in Dubai, uh, he wasn't permitted. So it's something with like his work visa wasn't there, and needs a military ID, and is being accused of having a forgery. Uh, there is a lot of bullshit surrounding this one. With all that, you definitely have to be worried. Just with the with the international landscape, especially with Russia and what the the bullshit that they're pulling with all this, it's just you know it's it's just a bully move saying we're doing we're gonna do this because we can. It's hard to hard to palate, but I know Kaprizov is kind of revered in uh, in Russia as having made it to the NHL. You you don't know he what's is gonna happen. Fantastic. Oh, this team He's is so good. This team is a you know, potential lottery team if they don't have Kaprizov. Like it was the, my, my main fantasy targets are Kaprizov and then it's a huge drop. And then it goes to like, you know, Zuccarello, but that huge drop is not understated. It's, it's huge. Uh, in terms of, I have flurry at number two and I don't think it's that huge of a drop. I can see it. I actually like flurry big this year. And I think you're going to be able to get him at a decent steal, but that's just what I think. Is going to happen. What do you like about Flurry if Kaprizov's not there? Not so much. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. so much. Well, dude, I mean, it, it's I mean, it's clear as day. He is the you know, he stirs that pot. 
uh, what, 108 points, I believe he had yeah, this, this past sophomore season. Sophomore season. Amazing. And, and in all honesty, like, not that I didn't think that he could do it, because we saw almost a point per game from him last year. And we were like, well, that's fantastic, but you're going to have to pay for him. I wasn't willing to pay that price last year. And I was wrong. Now, I would be totally willing to, you know, Kaprizov is easily a second rounder. Um, and you may have to pay a first round price for him this year. And he might not even play. That's what's scary. Yeah, he's been going in like the seven to nine range in our mock drafts, and uh, projections have him pretty much in the same spot. Um, Kaprizov, man, dominant, high efficiency, high efficiency shooter, increased his shot volume this year. Thirty-one points on the power play was fifth in the league in goals, tied with Kyle Connor, uh, 47. 47. Um, do you think he is a first rounder? He's going ahead of guys like Panarin, who for three years have sustained a one hundred and ten point pace. Well, there is zero chance of Panarin trying to go back to Russia. Yeah, so not a big fan. <laughs> that's the whole thing. If he is definitely going to play, yes, I think he's a first-round draft pick. Okay. Yes, I do. Yeah, I'm there with you. Um, however, if because of all the BS going on, you can get him like you know down the line, man, that is so to me that would be so worth a gamble, a, a seventh-round gamble. Tell me about it. I'm I'm in for something like that. If you were to get him this year and he would end up playing, what a steal that would be. It's going to be wild watching his uh, ADP go up and down as, as news comes in from Russia. Um, the Wild, much different team than they were last year. They are without Kevin Fiala, without Nicholas Delorier, Cam Talbot. Uh, they added Philip Gustafsson in that one-for-one one trade uh, with Ottawa for Cam Talbot. Now, you said Marc-Andre Fleury is our second fantasy target. Um, behind Kaprizov, obviously. With the Wild, he was 9-2-0, and 2-3-0 in the playoffs, you know, two years removed from a Vezina season. So he's, you know, you could say he's old, he's long in the tooth, he might not be the goalie he once was, but, you know, he's still got it in the tank. He's still a plus 900 goalie. He is still a sub-3 goalie. And he doesn't give you those really bad starts. He doesn't, he's not selling roast beef sandwiches, if you will. Yeah. He keeps it tight. He is going to keep you in games. And that's, that's his best thing. He's just steady. So if you want a, you want a steady goalie on what should be a very good team and a playoff team to make the playoffs, got to win a lot of games. And I think they can do it, but it all did. Obviously it all depends on Kaprizov, but yeah, I'm actually big on flurry this year. He looks like because he, you have Gustafsson behind him. I mean, come on. He does look like he does the best. Like you look at his whole body of work, and he does the best when he's getting volume. And the I think, guy. Yeah, you look at that Vezina season. He had thirty six of fifty six games. That's sixty five percent volume. Um, Leonard did get hurt, so it's hard to say what would have happened. But uh, you know, you look at those career stats. He thrives when he gets that volume, and Minnesota's defense is top five by expected goals allowed mat- metrics. Gustafsson behind him, I don't think, you know, he's challenging for anything. I don't think they're in jeopardy of a tandem or anything like that. Minnesota's only got 12 back-to-backs this year. Uh, so with those 12 back-to-backs, if he sees 65% of the remaining starts, th- we're looking at a floor of 50 games. And I think you could easily bet the over on 50. And if they would have kept Talbot, if Talbot would have been staying there, it would have been completely different. Mm-hmm. But with him going... 
it totally changes my mindset. So here's a question for you. Um, who are you drafting first, Kim Talbot or Marc-Andre Fleury? That's hard, eh? I do like Talbot this year. Yeah. That's a hard one. I think I like Man, Fleury. I, that's a hard one to just throw me on the spot like that. I think I like Fleury just because of the defense. Um, you know, Kaprizov obviously would change a lot of it. You got so many new faces coming into Ottawa. Who knows if there's, you know, a defined system right off the bat. Uh, you know, obviously it's going to be a much different team. They didn't do anything to their defense as far as I'm aware. But uh, I, I think I think it's going to be Flurry. And not not only that, but I think Cam Talbot has more of a, his backup is, is going to be pushing for starts more so than Philip Gustafson. But you, but you love the Senators this year. I do. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I think. the Senators this year. I just, I think there's more of a chance that um, Anton Forsberg plays more games than Philip Gustafson. I'll give you that. I'll give you that because I don't think Forsberg is awful. And raw skill, I think Fleury's got it more so than Talbot. I think uh, Minnesota masked a lot of what Talbot um, was. So I wonder if, you know, Talbot's quality stats drop next year, whereas Marc-Andre Fleury is going to get hopefully 60 games, 55 games of Minnesota defense to play behind, which would be rad. So I, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm leaning Flurry on that one. So who are we talking about next? We talk about Matt Zuccarello. That's who. That's who I think I would have next. I'm on the fence about Matt Boldy as like the next fantasy target because I don't buy Zuccarello. Like he was what his his career high was sixty points, and now he just randomly puts up seventy nine. It was weird. It was a weird year. I didn't buy it. Still don't buy it. Like you're going to be better playing with. Kirill Kaprizov, no doubts mm-hmm. there, but Zuccarello spent all of his time with Kaprizov, all of it. Like there was a thousand minutes and 80, eight, 890 was like with Kaprizov is a lot. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he, Sounds he, great. he didn't do any one thing. Well, he was like 300th in scoring chances, 350th in high danger chances, 200th in like, um, rush attempts or something like he wasn't really good at anything. Do you know what he did do really well? He's though? a good playmaker and pass the puck. Yeah, and that's that's Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, seventy nine points, five assists will do that. Easy career high, buoyed by those fifty five assists, and he he had a lot of goals. Twenty five was the highest since fifteen sixteen. But what really stands out amongst his stats is twenty eight power play points, career high. Outside that one, seventeen in two thousand thirteen fourteen. Uh, I think, you know, that might have been like uh, iPhone 3 period. So that's how much we've we've moved since there. The, the power play wasn't huge. Like I said, it was, what, uh, 18th in the league? Middle of the pack. Yeah. But, that, but doesn't that give you at least some, you know, does that give you more concern? Or does that give you more pause? Because you could think, you could take that two ways, TJ. Mm. So this is the thing. For concern... Relying too much on the pa- on on the power play when they don't have that great of a power play, or you could say that power play should get better because I do think that they are you know somewhat of a better team. The Fiala losing Fiala doesn't hurt me so much, like that was their biggest loss in my mind. But if that power play gets better, that can't be a bad thing for him. Even if he doesn't get more power play points, to even still get you know twenty five power play points would yeah. be fantastic. I think the power play points go down. You look at Minnesota as a whole; it was like you know Kaprizov had thirty one, Zuccarello had eighteen, and I think the next highest was like nineteen 
and it was Joel Erickson. So you're taking pause. I think that it just gets spread out a little more. Like the their their power play might get better, but I think the bottom is going to see a little more power play action. And I think Boldy comes in. He's going to bring something new. Maybe Marco Rossi gets up on that top power play. Things are going to change for the team. It's going to be a big year because they they need to start relying on these ELCs as they venture into cap hell of Ryan Suter and Zach Parise's contract. So you need to, hmm. even if this is a developmental quote unquote type of year for Rossi and Boldy, you need to start getting in them in those high impact deployments. So I will let you know this though. I will not sit here and let you badmouth Matt Boldy. I'm not if going that's to. That's what you plan no, to do. Not at all. In the future. No, I, you know, Matt Zuccarello, I don't buy it. Matt Boldy, you know, he might be the only other flashy player on the wild. Like, so I like me some fucking flash, man. <laughs> 68 point pace as a, as a rookie in 47 games played. He only had like 15 minutes time on ice. Now with Fiala gone, some of those offensive minutes need to get distributed. Boldy's going to take some of them, you know, maybe on the power play as well. What do you think is a reasonable floor for a rookie having put up 68 points in, you know, right around half a season? What do we think? It's 65-ish for full year? Full year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 68-point pace. Playing, so uh, you're saying pace-wise. 68-point <clears throat> pace last year. You know, going into his next year, I think 65 is pretty safe. I, I would I would love 65. It, it, I would say it would be a successful year if he has a 65-point pace. Yeah, we're not... That's what I would say. I would say it was successful. I'm not trying to say his ceiling. I'm trying to say probable. You know, like 65 sounds reasonable whereas the ceiling could be 75 more even Zuccarello though obviously we're worried that you know the floor could be 45 yeah we'll see but that ain't gonna happen because Matt Boldy's the shit all right let's talk about defensemen Jared Spurgeon had a surprising year 52 point pace um Matt Dumba kind of on the other side I think he was in the 30s as far as point pace goes but they both offer something Jared Spurgeon decent hits um actually no sorry the decent blocks the hits are negligible shots are always like a shot and a half two shots a game not really a ton jumping out there he did have most of the minnesota power play time uh for a defenseman you know it's not somebody i'm targeting but i don't mind him as like a d4 d3 even maybe if you went heavy on forwards in your draft but you know, I don't hate the idea of Jared Spurgeon on my team in cats or in points leagues. I feel like you can always, you know, find a Jared Spurgeon on a waiver wire. How many times have you looked at the waiver wire? You see a Jared Spurgeon? More than zero, for sure. Like at least once a year, he's out there, and he shouldn't be. Like this, this was a really good year. I remember last year pumping his tires. Like, why is Jared Spurgeon only forty three percent owned? Like he should, you know, he should be on rosters. 52 point pace for a defenseman. That's something else. Like, especially, you know, getting blocks and a little bit of shots. He's doing something. A little bit of hits. Now, with Matt Dumba, you're going to get more of the less of the offense because he is definitely less offensively gifted, but you're going to get more of the peripherals. I mean, we've seen the flashes. What did he have? He had like that really, really short year. I think he was on like a 58 point pace, but it never, never came back. It was real small sample size. So, We'll see, but I think Kalen Addison's coming up. Carson Lambos is making me nervous about my Kalen Addison, uh, my stocks, the shares that I have in Addison. Like Lambos looks really good and is could be the D man of the future. It's tough. Um, yeah, those are the D men. 
Marco Rossi, you know, rookie coming in, hopefully 1C. I don't think they're getting rid of Hartman, Kaprizov, Zook right away. No. 1C. You're not putting him on 1C. But I think by the end of the year, he's probably 1C. That's what I mean. Eventual 1C. I could see it. I I like Ryan Hartman, man. He's just, for me, he's a nobody. Like, last year, there were career highs everywhere. Come on. He was like a fourth-line Philadelphia Flyer. And then he's then he's a fucking first line center. No, that's because we weren't using him right. Okay, think of think of what. Okay, if if Ryan Hartman can get career highs almost everywhere, shot volume, time on ice, points, power play, time on ice, power play points, shooting percentage, shooting percentage. <laughs> imagine what it could do for somebody with a ceiling of Marco Rossi. Like Ryan Hartman is not built or built to be the same level as Marco Rossi. So I think you. Yes, Ryan Hartman is a better player next to Kaprizov, but Marco Rossi is a better player than Ryan Hartman, so you would get a better center out of him next to Kaprizov. I don't know if what I'm trying to say makes sense. I just think like... You also have somebody that's 27 who has played in the league for, you know, 10 years and knows what it's like to play NHL hockey alongside someone like Hiro Kaprizov as opposed to a rookie. You know, I kind of like that veteran presence on that front line you know him with him uh you know um zuccarello and hartman it's you know just it's not broke some veterans holding it down with him yeah i could see it and and you act like marco rossi is some big kid he's like he's short he's shorter than me i've heard it i've heard you know pretty much it's it's a what are this like a smut book what are they called just people telling me about his legs they're like, oh, they're so thick, veiny, big, thick boy, fucking Marco Rossi with his giant tree trunk legs. Like, I've heard things about his legs more than I care to. Tarasenko got yes. some big fucking or legs. Or Sidney Crosby thighs. Yeah, it's smut, the, what people tell me about his legs. Smut. So, <laughs> I've heard Let's he use can... use that word less in our, in our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay. All right, they're prospects. We talked about Addison. He needs to get some uh, get some more time. Rossi is somebody hopefully we're going to see this year. Minnesota in the first round um, drafted Liam Ogren, Danila Yurov. They have a great prospect pool with like Jesper Wallstedt, Carlson Lambos, Adam Beckman. Great, great prospect pool right now. And we move to Chicago where, yeah, they were 27th in the league. We'll get to it. It's not good. Spoiler alert. 27th in the league, 28, 42, and 12. 15th on the power play, 19.2. 29th in goals four per game. Their leading scorer was Patrick Kane, who had his fifth best point per game of his career, 92 points. They have lost Alex DeBrincat, lost Kirby Doc, lost Kevin Lankinen. They brought in Peter Morazic, Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiu. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. This, care, this team does not it's care. It's like they're fucking trying to be bad. What happens with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze and Seth Jones? Like, are they just there to rot at this point or do they get moved? That's going to be something to follow the all off season. Who's on this fucking power play? This top power play who plays next to Kane? Why wouldn't you move them? You kind of have to, you know, obviously they have no trades and clauses. But I have a feeling Patrick Kane might want to be moved. Yeah. Or Seth Jones, you know? Well, yeah, there's other. I mean, if you retain on Jones, sure, but how's it going to work? That's a long deal, long deal. And the, well, they're all making a decent amount of money, except Jonathan Tate's not like too much. Then you're making ten. You make it like ten point five. 
him and Kane. They get paid the same. Oh, shit, I had that wrong. I thought he was making less than that. I thought he was like seven. I think they're the same. No, you're right. Oh, yeah, it sucks. Oh, you're right. I'm looking at it now. They both got <laughs> both right. got paid after that cup. Um, who's going to be on this top power play? Patrick Kane, yes. Seth Jones, yes. There's three three spots left. Okay. Kane, Taze, Jones, obviously. That's when it starts getting sketchy. You might want to see a, you know, you kind of want to see what Lucas Reichel can do. Yep. At least me. And then here, it is kind of a toss-up between, for me at least, a Tyler Johnson or an Andreas Athanasio. And I think I'm leaning towards Athanasio. I think you could throw Max Domi in there. But it, again, it depends. I do not like Max Domi, and I do not want him on my top power. That's fair. And we got to consider what Chicago's, what their goals are going to be. Do they want to see what they have in the kids, or do they want to be competitive? And we did, we know they don't want to be competitive. If that's the case, then you're putting, you know, a Reichel up there for sure. Possibly a Radish. And then maybe a Radish or a Kurashev. So there's going to be, a, I mean, the, the, the constants are Patrick Kane, Seth Jones... I could even see Jonathan Taze not being on that top power play. Like maybe he is the, you know, the teacher on power play too for another four or five guys. But he's so good at faceoffs. Like if you want someone taking faceoffs on that team, you want it to be Taze. That that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, yeah, Jonathan Taze. That would is be probably hard for constant. me to get off of. He's probably constant. Patrick Kane and Seth Jones. Those are my top and pretty much only fantasy targets. Patrick Kane, like I said, tied for the fifth best season of his career. This is a different Chicago team than we've seen for a while, for a long time. Um, they're going to be bad. They're going to be worse than they were last year. Does Patrick Kane break point per game? I could see him being a 75-point guy. I can also still see Patrick Kane being an 89-point guy. I'm not I'm not going to move off of Patrick Kane being a point-per-game player. Mm-hmm. I lean closer to. I know he had. I know it's possible, but I think that he is good enough that he is going to propel himself to being a point per game. And I suppose you could argue that, like you know, everybody talks about. Okay, Artemi Panarin's not as good away from Patrick Kane. Uh, okay, Alex Zabrinkat's not going to be as good away from Patrick Kane. But uh, I think there's also a narrative out there that Patrick Kane, you know, might not see the same totals without an Alex Zabrinkat, without a uh, Artemi Panarin. So. You know, maybe he goes out on like a revenge tour and does it all himself. And and maybe like he wants to win games so bad to to kind of throw a middle finger to ownership for, for tanking like this. Like he wants to put it on his back. I'm not saying they're going to be a 500 team or anything, but you know, he could go out there and, and rev, like angrily, spitefully get 90 points. But what did Patrick Kane do before Alex Debrinkit was Alex Debrinkit? Scored a bunch of points. He still did it. So what's saying he can't do it now? There's nothing that's ever shown me. And I'm only going over, you know, using the past umpteen years of Patrick Kane's career to to show me what could possibly happen. And I haven't seen otherwise, so I'm not going to bet otherwise. Patrick Kane, 17-18, the year that uh, Panarin left, he scored 76 points. And he was pretty much by himself. So I, I think we might see that type of year again. 76-ish points. Then, DeBrink has started to uh, to show up. Patrick Kane gets 111, 98, 97, 96. So I think we're we're probably between 75 and 80 points for Patrick Kane next year. That's just me 
trying to be logical the, I here. I miss the times when nobody knew when knew about Alex Debrinkit, and it was a find. Mm. Good times. Good times. There is not going to be a, another one of those in Chicago this year. There's not. Like Tyler Johnson is what he is. Lucas Reichel, we're going to have to wait and see on that one. Andreas Athanasiu could be interesting. I could see him getting top line time. He's fast. Mm-hmm. You know, can can make it. I think we're going to be talking about him as a streamer. Max Domi as a potential streamer. Lucas Reichel for sure. I think there's going to be streamer level players here. Their goaltending makes me want to throw up. It's Peter Mrazek and Arvid Soderblom right now. Colin Delia is in Vancouver. Kevin Lankin in, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it, they're, I don't want either of those guys. I don't think I will suggest them as a streamer option, even if you need starts. Don't see it. Yeah, I can't get on on that. But I will say I do like the streamers that you suggested. Obviously, also, there's always a Connor Murphy. Um, you yeah, know, you can't. Andy Murph. You can't hurt on 150 blocks and 130 hits. Like uh, he man, pims too, good. doesn't he? If you're in a pim, doesn't he pim too? I can't remember what his what his pim numbers are, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure he's like no stranger to the box. Uh, not really, like 30 or 40. So no, not really. Does not shoot worth the fuck though. He's not out there to shoot. That's not his job. Yeah. Hits and blocks. Bang, Daddy just, Murphy. That's just not your job, Connor Murphy, and he knows that. You know he ain't out there. You know, screwing around, trying to score goals. Hey, if he happens to get one while he's throwing it on net, looking for a tip in from Patrick Kane, yeah, cool. Their prospect pipeline is not too bad. Like, obviously, you want it to get better, and they're going to get bad for a while. Um, but Frank Nazar, Lucas Reichel, Nicholas Bodin, uh, Kevin Korchinski, Ian Mitchell, there are some prospects worth talking about. You know, Nazar might have the highest ceiling right now. They're going after one of those top three picks next year. Matt Vay Michkov, um, you know, or Matei Michkov, uh, Fantilli, and Bedard, obviously. So they want to get one of those guys to uh to speed things up. So I still like Reichel. I actually hope that works out. I I do hope that they put him with Kane. And I want to see what happens. It, I would at least be interested in watching that. All right. Uh unfortunately, that's all I got on Chicago. Um Arizona equally as depressing um it's not that depressing i mean on the outside you know what i mean i i feel like arizona is kind of like a coconut it's ugly on the outside but it's delicious on the inside there um there are some good players on on arizona and i think there are some sneaky picks on arizona that are going to drop down the you know drop down the draft board but are definitely worth having they were 31st in the league, 25, 50, and 7, 30th ranked power play, 13.9, DFL, dead fucking last in goals for per game. Uh, their leading scorers and points per game. Were goals and points. Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz both had a 77-point pace. Um, if the power play didn't suck, I think Clayton Keller could be over point per game, but it's probably going to suck again next year. So uh, questions surrounding the team. Uh, where's Kessel going to wind up? Does he resign? Does he wind up in Chicago? Does he wind up in Arizona, You know, Anaheim, Montreal, some team that has money? I've, I've heard that Kessel wants to go somewhere that isn't going to scratch him. So I'm thinking those are the bottom teams. You know, The, the teams that want to win, they want to be able to healthy scratch somebody like Kessel who is, you know, has had an up and down career and is currently down. So 
uh, let's let's wait and see where he ends up. It could, he could be right back in Arizona. Um, yeah. You know, I could actually see him on a team like Anaheim. He wouldn't be in the top six, but I could see him, you know, bolstering a bottom six. Somewhere. Um, okay. They, something By I the found... way, I really like Ryan Strom and Frank Vetrano going to Anaheim. Oh, hell yeah. I know, I know, we're, I know that's, we're not going to talk about Anaheim, but I want to say I like those fucking moves. Way to go. I found something that I don't know if you're going to like it too much, but uh, they are on the road for a lot to start the year. Their home opener isn't until October 28th. That's two weeks <laughs> into the season. Holy shit. They start with a six-game road trip. They're home for four games, and then they go on a 14-game road trip. So 20 out of the first 24 games are on the road for Arizona. It's going to suck. They're going to they're gonna do so bad. Like, you remember this year it was the Islanders. I think they were on a 13-game road trip to start while their arena was being finished. But I think this, this has to do with, you know, they're playing in a college arena, so maybe the college hockey season is going on, and there's scheduling conflicts, what have you. You know, maybe homecoming. You know, now they got to fucking worry about that kind of shit, like a winter formal uh, that they can't play in their fucking arena for. Yes, the Arizona game is going to be postponed. Uh, there's going to yeah, be a spelling right. bee today. So you boys are going to have to wait. They added uh, Zach Cassian and Nick Bugstad. Those are their key additions, uh, key subtractions. We'll talk about, you know, potentially Jacob Chikrin. Is he there next year? Do they trade him? Uh, Phil Kessel, we'll find out if he's in, you know, a subtraction or not. Main fantasy targets. Who do you like the best on this team? Clayton Keller. Me too. You know, he might be the only case that I'll accept right now for someone's got to score. Hate that saying, but uh, yeah, it's true. But Arizona's going to score less than other teams. So, you know, if he's the one that has to score on a team that doesn't score that much, you know, it's not a good thing. And people say it's like, oh, somebody's got to score. He, he couldn't even hit point per game. You know, he led the team, tied with Nick Schmaltz. Nick Schmaltz, I think, is a little more unsustainable than Clayton Keller. He's a right wing. You can get him late in the draft. It's perfect. Like, I am targeting Clayton Keller late in drafts for exactly that reason. Points only kind of player. But uh, those are hard to find late in the draft. Well, Clayton Keller is also points only. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nick, yeah, Schmaltz. Yeah. Nick Schmaltz is oh, okay. also points only. So they're both points only players. But I actually like I'm higher on Schmaltz than I think you are. Um, and it's just because which is weird, which is really weird. Yeah. That, uh, that script you is know, flipped. Okay. So as you all know, big on watching games, watch Nick Schmaltz, man. He is a fucking hard worker. He is a hard worker. He is one of the best four checkers in the entire NHL, in my mind. He goes in on that four check and is great on the back check, too. Probably has a he's ton a of practice. All around player. I, he's someone that is just a good hockey player that also helped, you know, is also a good fantasy hockey player. One thing I am worried about Nick Schmaltz, though, he had a very high shooting percentage this year. Now, that's not always such a bad thing and not always something to be worried about. But this year, he had an 18.7 shooting percentage. Twice in his career has he had 17-plus percent shooting percentage. The following year, he has dropped by 6% both times to an 11 point, uh, to, you know, to 11.3 and then to 11.6. Now, 11 point, you know, shooting percentage is not bad, but 
what that the first year that that happened, he dropped points by 50%. The second year that happened or the second time that happened, he dropped points by 30%. So that tells me that he very possibly could only be a, you know, high 50s. Yeah, that's what he's been most of his career. Um, and, you know, with a shooting percentage drop like that, and somebody that doesn't shoot volume, it, it, it's, it's not going to be good. He, he's maxed out at two shots a game this year with his most time on ice that he's ever seen, the most power play time on ice, one of the most. Um, but you look at his stats, 55, 51, 53, 50, 77. You know, if he went back to 55, really clearly shows this 77-point year as, a, as the outlier. And remember, we were talking, it was like January through damn near March, he was scoring at a rate similar to Connor McDavid. It was insane. Mm -hmm. Like a very unsustainable rate. I think he had a seven-point game this year or something. Like something crazy. Nuts. So I'm I'm not buying into his totals right now. I would definitely buy the under on that one. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird season. Watch out. Don't draft him too high, is is my take. I think Clayton Keller next year leads them in points. Easy. Who do you have next? Um, do you, is it a defenseman? Yeah. Is it Jacob Chikrin or no. Shane Goss's bear? It's Ghost. Crazily, it's fucking Ghost, right? It's freaking crazy. Why didn't they trade Jacob Chikrin last year when he know. had a you know a ton of capital? Yeah. Now he had a horrible season this past season, and he has no, you know it's almost like he's worth fucking nothing. So why would you trade him now? Well, we'll do the same. Exercise with with Jacob Chikrin here as we did with uh, Nick Schmaltz, thirty one point pace, thirty four point pace, sixty point pace, thirty seven point pace. I mean, does anything stick out as abnormal? The sixty point pace. He was shooting ten point two percent, had eighteen goals that year, which is really high for a defenseman. Not to mention a defenseman in Arizona. Uh, his shot volume is great. He hits well enough. He blocks okay. He had one power play point this year to Ghost's mm -hmm. 19. Yeah. You want to find out where those points went. There they are. And if Ghost is going to keep doing that, you're not getting your 50-point Jacob Chikrin back. Instead, you have a 50-point potential Shane Gostisbehere. And he's done this twice before. He had 59 points in his sophomore year, or actually his rookie year, with Philadelphia. Then he had 67 points in 2017-18. Both those years, he dropped down from 59 to 42, 67 to 39. This year, 51 points. Maybe he can sustain something a little closer. It's not as drastic as a, as like, a, it's not as big of a high number. So maybe he can stay 45-ish points, but, or maybe Jacob Chikrin takes pop, top power play back. But that that's what I think is going to be important for Jacob Chikrin. His offensive upside entirely rides on that top power play, which Shane Gossett right now, there's no reason not to have him on your top power play. Mm -mm. And Ghost even saw a peripheral uptick uptick too hits blocks shouldn't they all went up yeah yeah 115 blocks they went up pretty good um but for me i'm going i'm going ghost here like he's me too. he's me hitting too. better it feels it feels dirty to say he's hitting better he's uh you know the shots aren't there but there's uh blocks the points are obviously there the power play points are over there more so than jacob chicker you just got to go off what's going to happen what i think is nice is you know nobody's going to want jacob chicker as a power play two. So if he gets power play one, you might be able to get him on the wire if you're in a 12 team. 16 team league, he's probably getting owned. But, uh, you know, most formats out there, Chicken might be on the wire. He's a watch list kind of guy for me. I actually picked him up 
on the wire last year. But that's, I mean, obviously because he was doing so bad. Yeah, 37 point pace. That's brutal. Um, I don't even know. Like, if he does get traded, who's who's buying, right? Like, where would he fit in on a top power play? I could see Calgary being being them. Like, Chikrin in Calgary would be, I think he's top power play there. Minnesota, but what, they don't have a ton of cap space to work with. I think he'd be top power play over Jared Spurgeon. Are there any other teams that kind of jump out to you? I mean, Carolina would have if they wouldn't have gotten a Brent Burns or something like that. Yeah. I could have... You know, I could have seen them doing something like that last year and still keeping Tony D'Angelo and saying, hey, I can kind of figure out between these two guys which one I want to go with. If I think I'm going to get rid of D'Angelo, I can sign Chikrin. Um, but there, I, I agree, there aren't a million different landing spots for him other than, you know, other crappy teams with a lot of space. Yeah. And they're they're not the most exciting. They're floor teams. So again, I want to see everyone go to Anaheim. <laughs> I'm not ready to like Anaheim yet. I'm still in like the Ryan Kessler. I am. I'm not. I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. I just want the teal and purple. Oh yeah, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Those that was such a better jersey. Mm-hmm. Streamer level players. I love Lawson Kraus. I think he broke 20 goals last year. Is that accurate? Uh, yep. Tons of 20 hits. 20 goals, 14 assists. How many hits? A lot. A lotsa. A hundred and eighty one. A lots of hits. A lot. Uh Dyson Mayo, also a pretty good bang level stream. Uh that's all I got. Their their goalie situation, like Vimelka is gonna get you starts. I think Prosvitov behind him is also probably gonna, you know, start to get his licks. Um Do you know what else Vimelka gets you? The stat annoying wins when when he is playing against me. You're going to have Man, to let it, us know. And it would always piss me off. Last year, uh, you know, uh, Tony would have Vimelka, and I'd be playing Tony, and you're like, oh, you know, Arizona sucks. And boom, he has two wins that week. And you're like, shut out. Oh, fuck. Fuck. It's supposed to be easy. All right. They're prospects. They are, uh, sorry, they're, uh, they're stocking up pretty good. Dylan Gunther, Logan Cooley, Morgan Geeky. Probably going to have a top five pick again next year, so. They're going to be good eventually, hopefully. And they have guys like, you know, Victor Soderstrom, Matthias Maselli. There are some uh, bright spots there. Maselli, his stock is definitely going up right now. Oof. Colorado, the uh, Stanley Cup champions, man. They finished second in the regular season, 56, 19, and 7. Fourth in goals, four per game, seventh best power play. Their leading scorer, Miko Randon, 92 points in 75 games. I don't know if that's by way of uh, point pace. But uh, him and Nathan McKinnon should both be first-round picks, in my opinion. Questions here. Who takes the place of Burakovsky? Who takes second-line center? Who takes the power play spots that are both left behind by Kadri? Does he remain in Colorado? Probably not, but uh, no. you know, Kadri's no. still out there. So key additions and subtractions. We can probably count Kadri out. Kemper definitely gone. Burakovsky in Seattle. Uh, they added Georgiev. It's tough. It's accurate, but it's hard to say. This is not a better team. They are not as good as they were last year. Mm-mm. No, I, I 100% agree with that. But, I mean, it, it's still, there are just so many streamers on this team. There's going to be guys. Still a great team. Still a great team. Be, They're yeah, just not as good. going to be drafted, but are going to be so worth having. Um, you know, and they could even turn into holds. Okay. To answer your questions, let's go one by one. Yep. Second line center. I think that's obvious. 
I think that's obvious. For me, it's JT Comfer. Um, and that's just my initial thought. It could be an Alex Newhook. Yeah. But I just don't see it. I think that JT, uh, JT Comfer really played well in the playoffs this year. Um, he didn't have a horrible year last year. A um, little bit of a high shooting percentage, but he always has a high shooting percentage. I don't know why. Like, he does. He always has a high teens shooting percentage. He does it every year. Um, JT Comfort is my number two. Seven. I think I you? think you're right. No, I think you're right. It's it's not the exciting or the sexy pick. Like, New Hook would be, would be fun. But they're there to win games. They're there to put aces in places. JT Comfort, you know, often the guy that moves up anyway when Kadri's out or, mm-hmm. you know, they have to move Kadri somewhere else. He often gets the top power play time. So like Comfort could be that just, you know, cut in place, Kadri replacement, top power play, second line center. Uh, you know, he could be the guy. That's going to be something we have to monitor in uh, preseason camps because they might really be pushing New Hook to be that guy. Um, you know, Burkowski played a lot of top power play time too, you know, off and on, but, uh, you know, there, there could be room for Nishushkin on the top power play, which would be huge. Like he just signed a pretty good contract. He's going to be there for eight years. Eight He's years. Yeah. Found his home <clears throat> and, uh, Nishushkin had his breakout. So I think, you know, what are our, and I don't mean to like skip over McKinnon, Ranton and McCarr here, but I want to talk about Nishushkin. Um, they're, they're obvious think? ones. I think your next two in line are Nishushkin and and Georgiev, and that's only because you know he's the goalie on a fantastic team. But I love Valerie Nishushkin, love him. Sixty nine point pace this year. Shots hit almost three a game. Only nine power play points. So if we're talking, you know, if you take these stats and put top power play on top of it, you're looking at like a 75, 80 point guy. Um, only saw 43% of the power play time last year. So hopefully that goes up into like the 60s, 70s, where you see McKinnon, Ranton, and McCarr. McCarr gets like fucking 80s. But, uh, you know, Shushkin's somebody that hits. He's somebody that shoots. He's a lot of fun to root for. Great story. Uh, he fits in really well there. So uh, if he gets some top power play time, I think I'm, I'm pretty interested in him as like somebody draftable, somebody that could be real sneaky later in the draft too. Oh, I 100% think he's draftable. 100%. I, I love the fact that he got all that extra time on ice this year. Got extra five minutes time on ice. That is huge. And the whole thing is, sometimes you see that extra five minutes, but the stats stay the same. You know what I mean? Like, they have a cap on what they do with their time. And they try to, you know, map things out. His was exponential. So with the extra time, you saw the extra stats. Yeah. So he he went up in you know time on ice, but also went you know up in uh, shots attempted, shots on goal, points, everything. It, it was it was fantastic to see, and nothing really scares you about you know any of the rate stats with the the PDO. Uh, that's kind of normal. I'm expecting a over 100 PDO from pretty much everybody on Colorado. Yeah. And the Corsi, I expect them to be controlling the puck. Yep. I do. I, I expect that to happen. So none of that scares me as far as things that you would usually look at and say, hey, maybe we should take a step back. No, I think they believe in him, which they gave him that eight-year contract. They want him to be that second-line person. And I don't hate JT Comfer. 
And for some reason, and, and it's not, I mean, I wouldn't say for some reason, maybe they believe a little more in Arturi Lekkonen than I do. I don't hate Arturi Lekkonen, but man, they talk very highly of him in Colorado. So I think that they have him pegged for that second line right winger spot. I think he's a top six guy too. Like he's got some kind of hidden hidden talent that that I think is going to get recognized this year. I think a lot of people are going to take notice, and rightfully so. Like he's been an under the radar player in Montreal. They weren't, you know, they're not built to to be that. Like they're not offensive, right? So when he goes to an offensive team, those skills kind of come out to the forefront. Great, great looks from him. So next year is going to be fun to watch. I think he's streamer level right now. Uh, you know, kind of on your watch list right out the gate. Um, who was the other guy we're talking about? JT Confer, Valerie Nishushkin. By by the way, one the the one thing that I personally mainly don't like about uh, Arturi Lekkonen is his decision making. Sometimes with passes, I feels like I feel like he um, tries to force passes when he doesn't need to. When sometimes putting it off the boards and having a, a dump, you know could be a little better better of an idea as opposed to trying to force a pass in you know the middle of the ice. That's my problem with him. Now, I, I still like him. I think he's an offensive talent, and that's at least showing me, hey, I'm going to try to make this pass, and it didn't work this time, but sometimes it's just a bad idea. I wonder. No, I, I think, uh, you know, depending on who he's playing with, depending on where he's in the lineup, um, you know, maybe there's... There's players that'll play a little differently. I I don't know. Basically, what I'm getting at is I just have to watch and see with him. On Nishushkin, like you you were saying, he got five more minutes. Everything went up accordingly. I think you know if he gets a power play, he gets more minutes that way. Um, in an environment like a scenario like the power play where offense is the main goal and Colorado's a good power play team, you know those rates are going to go up once again. So I'm pretty high on Nishushkin. I'm a little worried, a little apprehensive, but uh, I'm watching him. I think New Hook's going to be somebody we talk about as a streamer too, and Confer. Any three, any one of the three of these guys could wind up as holds. Um, all right, top guys: McKinnon, three straight years of 111 point pace. I think he's a he's a lock for 100 points once again. He shoots a lot, like four and a half times a game. He's he's good at shooting the puck. <laughs> Move on. Yeah, yeah, I I think yep. uh, McKinnon, duh. He's Rantanen, a top five pick. Duh. McCarr, yep. duh. Yeah. When you start talking about people, I mean, I think I obviously Landis Cog is a duh as well, but he's definitely in that next tier. He's not in that top tier. Yeah. It's those three guys, and that's that top tier, and that's what it is. Yeah, I think they all are three top, of them. they are, you know, um top two round talent. And that even that I would say top one round talent. Like I would take mm-hmm. all three I, of these I guess guys I would put McCarr the there too. Round. Yeah. Yeah. McCarr is like a perfect twelfth pick, you know, right on the right on the snake. If you can get him there, I think I'll take him there. Uh early second round at the latest. You'd be lucky to get him in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um goaltending man, it's already come out that they want Georgiev to be their starter, which is weird. Makes no sense. Doesn't makes make sense no sense. Papa Francouz right behind him. Uh, you know, able-bodied like very capable backup uh so capable in fact that i was fully prepared for him to be the starter going into this year and for them to make a backup acquisition but that's not what I, uh Sackick says but this is the whole thing joe Sackick. i i don't understand what do you gain 
by saying that? What do you gain by saying, hey, we got him because he's our starter. He never played a minute for us. He's our starter next year. What what helps? How does that help you? I guess it's just a vote of confidence. It's just giving your, you know, your seal of approval to the guy. But it's just so weird. Like you've had Francis and he's played for you already. Why would you not just say, all right, we're going to take a chance on this guy? Maybe they they want that internal battle, everybody fighting to to make you know the other goalie better, making them look over their shoulder and and try and fight for that. Oh yeah, because that works really well for goalies. Whenever you do that, that always sometimes. works really well. I don't sometimes. know why you wouldn't do that all the time. Sometimes I, I think it's he's definitely worth drafting. I think he's going to go later, but picking up the starter for Colorado is great. I think that's something that. Uh, you know, you have to be watching. Okay. So before we move on here, I want to take a little, you know, player introspective between okay. the two of Georgiev and Francis. Which player would you rather have? <laughs> Francis, but I think Georgiev. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get... I was just gonna name off stats. Oh, okay. I was just gonna name off stats. Well, I know what their stats are gonna look like. Like Francis has better stats. Hell yeah, he does. He does. But, you know, of course, Georgiev is going to get 55%. And, that, and that's what sucks. Like, this is maybe the best team in the league. And their goalies are going to have capped upside because of... I, I do think this is going to be a shared net. I think this is going to be a 50-50, 55-45, pretty even tandem. I don't think we have a starter here. I think we have a tandem. Like, this is this is a tandy. A tandy. A tandy. I kind of like that. And that sucks. That but sucks. I, I don't. I don't love Georgiev. Uh, it, you know, it, it. I would be interested in having him just because he is the goalie for you know the goalie that Joe Sackick said this is our goalie. He is the goalie for the Avalanche. I'm interested in having him, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he had a sub 900 last year and was just under three goals against average. You have okay, to be which worried. he has had twice above three. In his career. As a fantasy GM, you have to be worried. He's also had he's also had double-digit roast beef sandwiches. Or actually, no. I'm sorry. Uh, he had nine last year. Value he meal. had nine. Just under double digits. Ooh. Still family. He's an assistant manager. He's, he's, not a, he's not a full-blown, you know, manager yet. But he's an assistant manager. Doling out nine roast beef sandwiches. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be good next year. I think there's going to be... It's a key holder. It sucks. Um, their prospects, I mean, they they traded away their first this year. Um, they have Oscar Olofsson. We're, we're about to see Alex Newhook, uh, Eustace Ananen, who's a goalie we've been waiting forever. And then they go out and get Georgiev. I thought we were going to finally start to see Anunin. So I guess not. But, uh, you know, they got to stay competitive. They have three first-round picks by way of fantasy. So they, it's a good fucking team, man. You gotta, you gotta stay. That's what sucks about teams that are really good. Like, if they have good prospects, you wait on them. Like Evan Bouchard, right? Because they have to always be putting Tyson Berries out there because they need to win. They need to have the best guy role player uh, that don't, you know, it's not. There's no patience. There's no room for development for an Evan Bouchard for, for guys like Newhook or, you know, Martin Kaut, fucking years and years ago, but. Uh, I don't know. Tough shit. Tough shit. I want to real quick 
bring up two other players that I would really be interested in, at least as streaming options. I want you to know, don't sleep on Bo and Byron. Yeah, I think Devontae's is somebody uh, that I'm hoping that's that's the Devontae's next name you're going to bring up. Yeah. Um, they're both going to get overshadowed by McCarr. And no like, it makes sense oh, no. why. You know what Who, I mean? Who's your power play two guy? Is it Taze or is it Byram next year? Or is it both? I want to see Bo and Byram get it. I would like them to go four and one on both power plays. Um, but that's my personal opinion. They generally go with the three and two and have Taze out there as well. But I would love to see, you know, um, an Alex Newhook thrown into that second power play unit and get rid of Taze or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I actually do like Bowen Byram. He has shown flashes of what he can do. Um, had a pretty, pretty damn good year this year. Didn't get a ton of time on ice, just a little over 18 minutes. But he showed what he can do. Um, I believe in him. I've, you know, watched a lot of his. Uh, game and film and stuff like that so i'm a big fan and then uh they're you know just the d-man in general eric johnson peripheral machine man yeah and then also you know also gets points as well not a ton but eric johnson 136 blocks 165 hits last year fantastic he can do it he can lay him down uh i want to talk about him because i don't buy 71 points like, uh, you know, he had 32 points in his first 30 games, and then he dropped off something fierce. His next 39 or 36 games, sorry, were only 25 points. So, he, you know, he's somewhere in the middle. I think he's a, a solid 50-point guy. I think that's something we can bet on, 45-50. But I think 57 points in 66 games or a 71-point pace, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's 50-ish, give or take a couple. It's just tough to, you know, 71-point pace from power play, too. It's just it's something else. I mean, that's a that's a big team. A lot of goals to go around. We're going to really have to see what their offense looks like next year. Is it going to be even more top-heavy than it was this year? Last year, it was that, you know, top six, bottom six. Yeah. This year, is it going to be top line, bottom nine? That rhymes. Yeah, that rhymes did. too, TJ. Yeah, that does. rhymes, and you fucking know it rhymes. Hell yeah! All right, that's it. We got uh, we got to go. So, uh, speaking of which, you guys can uh, follow us on Twitter. You can join the Discord or support us on Patreon if you want to. Um, we always drop the links for uh, the Monday mocks in there, and there's a couple other goodies to come with it. That chat is. It's always bumping, and it really is the gold mine of resources. So, just getting in on the patron chat is is something else. Um, and you can support the show if you guys dig it. Uh, uh, being a, being a listener league with us, we're gonna be. I guess I should start talking about those. But yeah, we're gonna slow draft through September our listener leagues, just so that uh, you know we got we got pals in Europe, you know Sweden. Uh, Nate is out in Australia, so we don't want to fuck with anybody like hey man do you mind waking up at 3 30 in the morning so you can do a fantasy draft get his blood pumping and then go straight back to sleep at five in the morning so no we're just gonna slow draft so everybody can make it but uh yeah hit us up if you guys got any questions at fhf hockey you can hop in the fantasy hockey discord we love you guys we'll catch you next week for the metro love you